So who knows what the date is this morning? Six. Yes, not the fifth like my watch says. Need to change that. Because it's the sixth, it means we've passed the first of December, okay? Very clever. Thank you, Pastor Trisha. What is significant about the first of December? It is summer, yes, which I love. Anybody else? Advent, yes. I'm thinking something else. Put your Christmas tree up. So apparently, on the 1st of December, it is okay to put up your Christmas decorations, all right? Is anybody out there did it earlier? I knew shout. Oh, we've got a few hands here. Okay, so apparently the 1st of December is the time that it's okay. I did read a headline the other day that apparently if you put up Christmas decorations before the 1st of December, um, you're probably more of a happier person. <laughs> anyway, we did ours, we did ours on the 20, 28th, and that was just because it, that was a weekend, okay, and it made it easy with the kids. But yes, 1st of December, and I guess as we come into the Christmas season, we do like to get festive, um, put up a Christmas tree or two, um, and one of the things I love about Christmas trees is Christmas lights, that is pretty much my favorite decoration is the Christmas lights. Now, it makes a little bit more sense in the northern hemisphere where unlike us heading into summer and there's lots of light and we've got daylight savings, they're on the opposite end of the scale. It's darker. It's colder. You wake up and it's dark. You got to get home from work and it's dark. It's colder. And therefore... Lights make a whole lot more sense, but yes, no. When I get home, the Christmas tree lights get turned on. It's still sunny outside, but I love lights. And I do want to just take a quick moment to thank Lisa. What an absolute legend. So yesterday, we started to decorate some trees, and there's a little bit more decorations to happen. And Lisa, amazing, took home a bucket of those baubles that were all broken and fixed them for us so that we can get some more on the trees. So thank you. I do want to take a moment to say thanks. But anyway, Christmas lights, my favorite decoration. Now, in part, that has inspired me this morning about something that Jesus said that was very significant. And I think it's worth, as we enter, like Andrew said on the camera, Advent, as we're in this Christmas season, to reflect on Jesus, and, and especially this statement that he made. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to John chapter 8, verse 12. If you've got your analog Bible, maybe you've got your phone Bible, Ollie. It's either that or he's taking notes or he's scrolling on Facebook. Nice chats. It looked like a Bible. Got your Bible, we're going to John chapter 8, verse 12. Has anybody found it? All the analog Bible people. Already there. Now, Ollie was there in a, in a jiffy. And we're going to put it on the screen too. John chapter 8, verse 12. And it says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I'm going to read it again because it's pretty significant. 
I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, Jesus is the master of the moment, okay? Jesus, I mean, hey, he's God incarnate, (laughs) but um, he, he, he always picks the most perfect moment to say the right thing at the right time to have the most effect, okay? So we're right here in John chapter 8. Now, if anyone has got an analog Bible, this is going to be a little bit easier. In the previous chapter, can you tell me anything that's significant that's going on? There might be a title there. Pastor John, anything significant? Yep, keep going earlier. What's happening in chapter 7? Done. Feast of Tabernacles. Does anybody know what that is? And it's okay not to put your hand up. Cool. I heard somebody say something once which I thought was quite profound. If it's weird or it doesn't make sense to you, it must be important. Okay? If it's weird or it doesn't make sense to you, it must be important. The context of what's going on when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, is they have been celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. So I did a little bit of research, and it was quite illuminating, pun intended. I thought there would be a whole lot more laughs this morning. Shame. So the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus has picked a significant moment to make a significant statement for maximum impact. So this is one of the three feasts that God had asked Israel to follow each year. And in this Feast of Tabernacles, what they were doing is they were remembering God taking them on the Exodus, out of Egypt into salvation. And that word tabernacles is just basically another word for tents, because that's how they were living in the wilderness. And what they did is they'd hang out in these tents at that time, they'd have all the meals in there, and they remembered God's salvation. Now, if you have a look at what they did during that time, there was a couple of significant ceremonies that happened at the temple. One of them had to do with living water, which maybe a couple of light bulbs going off with another statement that Jesus said around that time. And the other had to do with light. Now, what they would do is they had these four massive lamps. Now, we are talking pretty much around 20 meters tall, okay? And they would light these lamps. And the writers of the time said that the light was just so big that it was almost every courtyard in Jerusalem would be filled with this light at nighttime. Can you see how Jesus is picking a significant moment to make a significant statement? You couldn't live in Jerusalem and not notice this light. And the reason for the light was this, that during the Exodus, we might remember the story as they were being led out, how was God present? It says, yep, that God was present in a cloud by day and at night, and this is Exodus 13, verse 21, He was there in a pillar of fire to give them light 
so that they could travel by day or night. And neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. You see, they were in a time celebrating salvation that God had brought. They were celebrating as part of the ceremony the fact that God had been present with them in light. That his light not only represented his presence among them, that whenever that light stopped, they would set up their tents around it, the presence of God amongst them, but it also represented his salvation as he led them. Jesus was picking a significant moment to make a significant statement. Not only that, you know, they knew their scripture well, and at that moment they would have thought about Isaiah 9. Now, this is a classic one we read at Christmas, so hence why I had to get it in here. And it starts in in verse 1. It says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. This was a prophecy about the Messiah. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, or it can also be translated, or the land of darkness, a light has dawned. You say they were waiting in anticipation for this light to come again. Verse 6, for us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That sounds like salvation to me, right? There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and holding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. God would be so passionate that there is no way that this plan would be foiled. As Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What a powerful statement. You see, light is quite a major theme in the Bible. You see, right in the beginning, Genesis 1, what did God do in the beginning? He said, let there be light, and then life came. Exodus represented himself in light. Remember Moses, burning bush, there is a light. As he led through the desert, there is a light. They prophesied of the Messiah that he would be a light. We have Jesus here. I am the light And if we know the end of the book, which we're all looking forward to, nothing to worry about there. It says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and it says there will be no sun because of the light of the Lord Almighty. Light brings life. It speaks of God. It was a significant statement. And it got me thinking about the other part that he said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Now, darkness is something that we all kind of understand as a metaphor, right? 
in darkness, like darkness is kind of, that's where evil dwells, sin dwells. I think it's by no coincidence that most of our crime happens at nighttime, in the darkness, when it can be hidden, where it's easy to get away with something, that in the darkness, we walk around aimlessly, in the darkness, we feel out of control, there's misery, there's loss, and I think above all else, darkness represents death in the absence of light, death. And if we can just have the lights down for a second, because I just want to do one little illustration just to hopefully bring home a thought this morning. So we all understand that metaphor of darkness, right? And it's real easy for us to understand in our own lives or even scroll through social media, watch the news, and we see darkness. Has anyone experienced that before? Believe it or not, I can actually see your hands. (laughs) And it's easy to become disillusioned, and, and in darkness there's fear. But there's also a great truth, and that's this, that in the presence of light, Darkness can't exist. Have you ever thought about that? Light is the absence of darkness. Darkness cannot exist. And don't worry, I'm not going to point this in your eyes. Again. (laughs) Thank you, Shelly and Ollie, for taking one for the team. But as you look, see? Darkness cannot exist in the light. Thank you, Jonathan, for taking it into the eyes just then. (laughs) Thank you, Zan, as the light comes up. Darkness cannot exist in the light of life. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What does the light of life mean? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory that light brings life. I think of Stan, an incredible gardener. He will understand this concept that you need light for our plants to grow, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. We've got a very sad-looking lemon tree that's hidden by another tree at our place. It doesn't quite have light of life on it. It speaks of revelation, illuminating. Some of you might remember in Psalm 119, it talks about that your word is a lamp onto my feet and a light to my path. That is, we walk in the light of life that God shows us the way. His word transforming our lives. Should we act like this? What does the word say? What about this? What does the word say? The, the word acts as the light of life. It brings life and revelation. So what does that mean for us? I mean, it all sounds good. I'm the light of the world. You won't walk in darkness anymore. You'll have the light of life. We can read verses like Psalm 119 about how his word is a light on our path. It gives us direction. It shows us where to go. It leads us into transformation and salvation, and and we are changed. But what does it mean for us? Number one, we need to walk in his light. So I love... Um, You know, John, 
because he had the privilege of not just writing the book of <laughs> the Gospel of John, he also wrote a couple of letters that we find in the New Testament. He explores it further. And I love this. In 1 John 1.5, it says this, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And it goes on, I'm going to skip the verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, it's us, and the blood of Jesus' his Son purifies us from all sin. That word is everything, all. Nothing excluded here from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not on us. He's catching out all those people putting a mask on, going, hey, I'm perfect. <laughs> but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Who is thankful for that this morning? That is the gospel. To walk in the light. And I want to encourage you in this. We need to walk in the light. Just like... Sun's got quite a few lights going on, and we've got lights on me this morning. I can choose to be here, right? And it's in the light that God can reveal and deal with things. I can also choose to go hang out in the corner over there where it's a little bit dark. Things don't get exposed, do they, in the dark? It seems a whole lot easier because it seems like we look perfect. That's why we love mood lighting. <laughs> It's like the Photoshop of the natural world is mood lighting. But it's because things are hidden. Things that we don't want to be seen are hidden. But if we walk in the light, God might put his finger on something and go, hey, you've got to deal with it. And you deal with it. And in the light of life, he enables you to do that. We need to walk in the light. I love something that um, Pastor John, we were talking about the other day, how it took, you know, that thought of we are saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. And it's a good reminder in that being saved that that just means that sometimes God goes, you know what, you might want to deal with that. <laughs> and what do we do? We choose to walk in the light of life. Number two, what does it mean? It also means that we shine too. Jesus took that same picture in Matthew 5.14 and he says, You are the light of the world. And I want to encourage you that if you are walking in the light, let's be people that also shine that light for others. That we are present as a light. That we lead people towards salvation. That in that light, let our actions be life-giving to other people. And I thought, just as the band comes, I'd just read just a little bit of an excerpt as we think about that. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I just want to read some thoughts that, I'd come across, and these are paraphrased, but I thought it was powerful, and I didn't really want to try and spin my own words on them, okay? Because they are amazing as they are. And it's this. You know, when Jesus made that statement 
about salvation and being a light. It was not just about a national enemy like Egypt. You know, as they're thinking about the Exodus. Not just a national enemy like Egypt. But from the forces of rebellion against God that lie behind every form of evil in our world. Not just a glimpse, but an ongoing life apart from the possession of darkness. Oh man, isn't that the gospel? That we don't get just a glimpse of the light, but we are talking about an ongoing life apart from the possession of darkness. The world lies in darkness and death because it rebelled against God and lost contact with the source of life and life. But Jesus is the light that brings life and light back to the world to set it free from being bound by sin. The salvation before was a type to this deeper and truer salvation, but Jesus offers something complete. That is the good news. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.